Hey everybody, good morning. It's Craig from the University of Applied Research and Development and it is our privilege to have Jake Wolf, who's the Emergency Management Specialist for the California Department of Education. Good morning, Jake. Hi. Good morning. Thank you for having me and such a, a wonderful opportunity to share what uh, what I do and, and hopefully share some information that will be help, helpful to others out there. Well, I'm really thankful that you've done this on Veterans Day on your holiday. Thanks for being with us at this time. Yeah, thank you. I, I've never served in military service uh, personally. Um, I was never, uh, you know, fortunate enough to, to join the military. But for all those that, that have and that are out there now and can hear the sound of my voice, God bless you and thank you for your service and, and everything that you've done to, to keep me free in, in the United States of America. And so uh, thank you so much. Awesome. Completely agree. Thanks for saying that. Mm -hmm. Jake, why don't you share with us some of your experiences that lead you to being uh, the Director of Emergency Management for, for the Department of, of Education. You have such a wide and different um, experience in the past from senior living uh, to the paramedic sector. You've done a range of things, the Governor's Office. Why don't you tell us all about what you've done? Yeah, thank you, Dr. Hansen. And, um, you know, thank you to everybody out there for the opportunity to share my experience. Uh, yeah, I started out as a um, as a volunteer firefighter a long time ago and uh, working on a volunteer fire engine and then working for uh, Cal Fire, which is the state uh, fire department here in the state of California. I've worked a few fire seasons. Uh, anybody who knows California knows we're famous for the absolutely destructive fires that we get every year. Um, and you can never you never have to guess whether they're going to show up. They just do. Uh, and so I was able to work on some fires uh, early on in my career and then went on a few medical calls during that uh, time as a firefighter on, on a wildland rig and fig figured out that I really enjoyed the patient care aspect um, and really helping people, um, you know, directly and helping them through their situation. And so I started dedicating myself to, to that more and decided that I would full-time pursue, pursue being an EMT. I did that uh, with a wonderful man, Tom Argel, who is uh, runs an ambulance company here in Sacramento, California. Um, and so I worked with him. He started a new company. I went and became a paramedic at that company called Alpha One Ambulance here in, um, in the Sacramento area. And a wonderful company focused on um, helping individuals that have dementia and those that are elderly. And so through that process, I became a geriatric emergency manager, or sorry, a, a geriatric emergency medical services instructor, uh, and really fell in love with working with people that have memory loss. And so that kind of guided me into a new career choice once I left paramedicine uh, into assisted living and memory care. And I did that for a few years, uh, bounced around to a different, a couple of different assisted livings, and I really loved the management aspect of, uh, of assisted living and really working with individuals with memory loss. It really was a dear and dear to my heart. My mom now has uh, early stages of dementia. And so it's really helped me prepare for that. Um, and then eventually I got into um, the idea of emergency management and, and really emergency management as a whole attracted me uh, because of the ability to help so many people at once. Um, every decision that you make as an emergency manager has cascading ripple effects into uh, everyday life, into outcomes that will stretch years. Um, just a simple idea of resource management and, and the idea of all, like something as simple as donations management 
making a good decision during donations management can can really affect um, an organization's ability to recover. Um, you know what what you know as they call it in California. Um, you know, identifying structures, which structures are going to get structure protection during a fire, um, identifying where resources should go during disaster. How do you make an equitable decision on where those resources should go? Um, so there's a lot of thought that goes into it, a lot of strategy, a lot of concept, a lot of consideration. Um, and so that's what led me to emergency management. And now um, I, I work in emergency management for education, which is odd. For a man like me that has, um, you know, I know it comes to a surprise to a lot of people that uh, I don't have a degree. I never got a degree. Um, I, you know, I, I have all my training comes from the, you know, from FEMA and from certifications and, um, you know, my yeah. paramedic um, certification I got through a, a vocational school. Um, so a lot of life experience and you can't really trade anything for that. And everybody's got a different path. You know, uh, letters behind your name means a lot to some people and some people that doesn't and everybody's got a different story. Yeah, I love that. I want to pick up on that point. Uh, we originally developed our bachelor and master's program for people in the oil and gas industry who are constantly training, constantly learning new ways to keep their colleagues safe and the new technology that they're using in the industry. But much of that training in emergency management and safety and health doesn't translate into an academic degree. There's no easy pathway into academia to grab that academic qualification. And often when they move into another industry or move into civilian life, if they're from the military and they've trained in emergency management or hazard response, um, there is no easy pathway to get that recognized. And this is why we set up our program. You mentioned about the fires in California. I just want to pick up on that since you're there and you've had experience responding to that. Have you noticed that due to climate change or or things over the last 20 years that the incidence of fire has changed in any way? Absolutely. Um, and people have pointed out to a lot of factors. You mentioned climate change. Um, some people brought up forest management. Some people brought up, um, you know, urban wildland interface. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why um, fires are happening uh, and a lot of a lot of thought process behind what can we do to start to mitigate against these fires? What can we start to do to prevent them more, more prevention efforts, um, whether it's prescribed burns or whether it's um, forest management or, or whatever, whatever it may be. Um, it, as an emergency manager, I look at that and I say, okay, you know, we can build a mitigation. We can have, uh, you know, hardening of schools against wildfires, hardening, um, you know, hospitals and everything else against wildfires. But at the end of the day, they're still happening. Uh, and so it's really kind of this thought process of being all things to all people. So we may save some. Um is what it's all about. And so you can't right right now the way it works in California because we you've had covid, I've had covid come into my realm and my sphere. Everybody under the sound of my voice has been affected by covid in a uh, an emergency management uh, factor. And um there's no way that you can just respond. You can't just prevent. You cannot just write emergency plans. You got to be doing all things at once. And so this is a new style of emergency management that everybody has been thrown into without a life jacket. And mm. some of us have started to swim and some of us got out of the pool and said, no, thank you. Um, right. And you're starting to see a lot of people retire and take all that knowledge with them. Um, but here in the state of California, when it comes to climate change and things like that, 
um, you know, you know, whether you agree with the concept of climate change or you don't agree with the concept of climate change, it's no, there's no bones about that. There is something happening. Uh, there is increase in fire severity. I mean, you, one thing that we started doing in the state of California that was noticeable this year is we started um, letting people, um, letting people evacuate sooner, more evacuations yeah. faster. And um, that is a change that has happened this year. And it's led to um, no deaths this fire season due to wow. um, that, that I know of. And that may have changed in, in the past couple months that maybe I, I missed something, but um, certainly there hasn't, certainly the, the deaths have been less because they evacuate sooner and they evacuate often. Uh, and right. so, because these fires, they're burning so hot and so fast, they're throwing spot fires a mile ahead of uh, the fire line. You can't contend with that. You can't cut a mile long line. It's just not going to happen. So hmm. you have to, um, you have to evacuate people and you have to do your best to try to um, contain the fire where you can and save the structures you can save and really focus on a critical infrastructure. I hope that answered your question. Yeah, no, that's really good. Thank you. Why don't you tell us about your role that you have right now with the Department of Education and what you do day to day? Yeah, man, the California Department of Education, um, they are very, uh, very forward thinking uh, organization. And, I, and it's great to work for them. Uh, certainly here today, I, I don't directly speak on behalf of the California Department of Education. I'm speaking on behalf of myself. Um, and so the California Department of Education has been really awesome uh, so far. There's not really any, I've been trying to research and check into, there's not really any state education agencies that I can find that has an, it has an actual uh, focused emergency management department like the California Department of Education has. Um, it's rare. It's new. It's a new concept. Mm -hmm. um, what, but prior to this, I was working at the Governor's Office of Emergency Services in California as mm -hmm. uh, the health and medical liaison. And so I would work with um, Health and Human Services uh, Agency uh, with uh, the Department of Public Health. Um, so I would work with Health and Emergency Medical Services Authority, which is the EMS Authority, Emergency Medical Services uh, for the state of California. And I moved from that role, heard about this role and this opportunity to, to create a brand new program from scratch. Wow. Um, and I, I, I jumped on it because, um, you know, I love building, I love creating. And so now we were taking a, a non-traditional emergency management um, discipline and baking in emergency management into it. And that's led to, um, we're starting to write the first ever uh, emergency operations plan for uh, the state education agency. It's led to, uh, we've developed a department operations center, albeit virtual. Eventually we'll have a physical location at the, the California Department of Education, which will be a education centric emergency operations center. Um, and so we're doing right. that. Uh, and then we've created a program called the school's emergency reporting system, which is a reporting system for schools that during disasters, they log in and they answer a series of questions, things like, um, are, you know, is your school closed due to this due to the disaster? Are you in the evacuation zone? Um, are teachers affected by the disaster? Are students affected by the disaster? And then um, a, a dialogue box for them to type in, what do you have any unmet resource needs? And then that will hopefully gather up enough information. We can take it to our unified command group um, up at the California um, Governor's Office of Emergency Services or to um, Superintendent Tony Thurman, deliver that to him and allow him to make a policy level decision based on data 
rather than, um, you know, just trying to guess what the best decision would be. Mm, wow. You have over 6 million students, over 10,000 teachers. If I read the numbers correctly, that's that's a large number of people to be responsible for looking after. How do you communicate with your team and then communicate out through the system when you lead your team? Yeah, that's, this is, a, like I said, this is a new concept. Um, mm. So we're still trying to determine the best operational structure through the state of California. I'm in the uh, National Emergency Management Advanced Academy right now through FEMA. Uh, and my paper is going to be on identifying um, contacts for emergency management up and down the operational structure throughout the state. That's, you know, at the local jurisdiction, at the um, local education agency, at the operational area or county, um, and then up, up to a regional capacity. And how do I identify emergency management contacts and, and what should their role be? And so, because right now there's, there's a gap there. And the gap is, who? Who's going to do emergency management for these schools um, on the local level? I can, obviously can't do it for 10,000 schools. No. I mean, I know I'm really good at uh, I'm really good at doing some things, but that's 10,000 schools is just too much for me to do. Right. <laughs> so we're still working on that. Um, we're still working on um, rolling out SIRS. And if there's anybody in the state of California that works at a school that hears me talk today, um, I would say learn SIRS. And we have on our website at the California Department of Education a, a, a link to, um, you know, getting on SERS, getting training for SERS, uh, schools, that school's emergency reporting system. And, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're at now. And then emergency plan. We got to develop an emergency plan that identifies internally what, what, we, um, what we can do during a disaster so that we understand our own capability and can exercise that capability when a disaster comes. Hmm. Why don't you share with us some of your experiences that you've had in your career thus far, some pivotal moments in emergency management? Man, yeah, that's a that's a good one. I, one of one of the things that really changed my um, thought process on emergency management is really kind of seeing the different types of people, understanding that it's not an emergency manager is not a type of person. It's not this. Here's your emergency manager. Right. And this person's going to show up and they're going to have their chest out and they're going to be ready to point the <laughs> finger and tell people what to do. And, you know, like you see the movie Volcano with Tommy Lee Jones and like, that's what you picture an emergency manager is like coming in and be like, I want you to cut a trench all the way down, you know, Sepulveda Boulevard and the, the lava is going to flow. And it's not, you know, that's not what an emergency manager is. An emergency manager is somebody. Um, I, I got to experience um, a good emergency manager and a, and a bad emergency manager. And a good bad emergency manager is going to come in and they're going to tell people what to do. Um, they're going to um, stick their finger in your face and tell, tell you that I want I want 10,000, I want shelter for 10,000 people now. They're going to tell you that. Um, a, a good emergency manager is going to come in and say, hey, how are we doing with with the 10,000, getting sheltering for 10,000 people, what do you need? And being a finder and a facilitator, uh, knowing your resources, having relationships. And I saw someone um, specifically have build relationships with people, um, building um, bridges between organizations that maybe weren't there before. Um, and so I've certainly had experience in building relationships which is probably the most important function of an emergency manager is having that relationship ahead of time 
Um, so that way, when the disaster happens, there's not a question of, of what you're going to be doing. And there's not a question of who you are as a person, because you will, people will never remember what you've done for them. Uh, or they will, they might, sometimes they may remember what you de- they've done for them, but they will always remember how you made them feel. You mentioned that um, you've done a number of FEMA courses and that's, that's, um, that's right across the industry, right? Everyone that I speak to just holds FEMA in high regard and the standardization of the training means that people have a common language that they can speak to each other with, whichever, you know, department or sector or level they're from, they understand the system and the words and that they have meaning. Which courses have you found most important and useful for you for aspiring emergency managers to make sure that they build it into their, their training schedule? Um, you know, some of these cohort classes, um, like NEMA, NEMA, um, some of these larger, uh, you know, emergency management concepts, um, those type of courses where you can get into a classroom and you can work with people. Um, because really the most important piece, because you can read all the stuff you want. You can read all the magazines you can take. You can read all of the, um, you can take all of the, uh, you know, IS classes through FEMA, and you can do all that. Um, but at the end of the day, if you're not sitting in a classroom and learning how to work with other people, especially difficult people, um, you're going to be ill-equipped um, when it comes to emergency time. Because, boy, I'll tell you, people are fun and nice. But when you get them in a room where the, where, <laughs> where the proverbial roof is caving in um, right. or you, you know what hits the fan, people's most negative character defects come out. Mm. How are you going to handle that? And so being in a classroom environment where you're actually, you know, you're doing a tabletop exercise or you're you're some, you can allow some of those character defects to come out and learn how to work together as a team through them, um, I think is the most important courses that that I've had. Um, The California Safety Training Institute here in the state of California, we have some wonderful suite of courses and um, the entire team over there is doing an amazing job making courses available. Um, I take advantage of them. I was able to get my type three EOC director credential through them. Um, you know, it's it's been it's been great working with them. And so taking those in-person classes, regardless of, of what it is, um, but those longer term um, that you're building relationships is 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 key and important to the growth of an emergency manager, I believe. Right. Just before we wrap up, just tell us about your your vision. If you were to look back in five years' time and see what you and your team that you're building and the structures you're putting in place and the resourcing and the systems, if you were to look back and see what you've accomplished, what's your vision that you'd like to see in your in your state with the Department of Education? Yeah, um, I think that, uh, and that's a very good question because, you know, five years ago, I didn't imagine myself doing this. Um, I come from a place where, you know, I, I honestly, my life was a, a my, was a complete disaster. I was a disaster five years ago. Um, you know, um, being a recovering alcoholic, I, you know, my life was in shambles. And, um, you know, due to, you know, my, my recovery program and my relationship with God, um, my, my life has now improved to a place to where now I'm in, the, I've been taken from that to this now. And, and it's only by the grace of God that that's happened. Um, and then uh, in five years from now, I hope that um, the California Department of Education has a department operations center that has a fully functioning, um, you know, command structure, 
Um, we right. have, you know, like, I mean, if we're talking dreams here, I'd love a big video wall, you know, that's pretty and, you know, all the desks laid out and then, then the monitors. And then I can bring all of my friends from all the different organizations around the state so that we can work together and nice. start building a beautiful operational structure uh, that supports resiliency uh, in K through 12 education in the state of California. Um, so that's one thing. And then the other thing is that I'd like to be, I'd like to be rich and not have to worry about money ever again, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I've accepted that. <laughs> you never know. You never know what's going to happen. I'm sure when you were um, working with training with ambulances and things like that, you didn't think you, you would be here where you are no. today and probably talking to me no, no. in New Zealand. So you never yeah, know. New Zealand, man. Man, how is it out there? Oh, look, we we've been really we've been really blessed actually to be in New Zealand and have some some really good leadership at the start of the pandemic and mm -hmm. uh, doing a hard and fast response. And so we had, I think it was nine months of of freedom. Really, we had no concerns, but then for economic reasons, we opened up the borders and Delta came in and we've had to now respond differently. And it's not elimination. It's really how do we live with the incidence of the virus and getting vaccinated and mm -hmm. putting good systems in place. So New Zealand has gone through some real, real waves up and down. I think people are completely over lockdown. I came back in August last year from <laughs> Indonesia. We lived there for seven years. Um, and just came back. I was only meant to be back here for five weeks because my wife and my daughter, my youngest daughter, were here. My two oldest kids are already here. Um, just came back to visit with them to sort of transition and make sure they could come back to Indonesia. But once I got back here, I realized the way things were going and we weren't going to be able to go back to Indonesia. So we resettled back in New Zealand in August last year with no plan to do that. So um, it's been quite a change, quite an upheaval, but New Zealand is an incredible place to be. The people are great. It's wonderful being around family and I get to talk to people like you who are making a real difference because of the beauty of technology. So you can't mm. complain really, can we? No, you can't. And you know, this uh, hearing your your uh, the amount of resiliency that you have, Craig, is is really good, Dr. Hansen. And um, I think that um, this opportunity that I've had today to share, um, you know, I hope I've said something that helps somebody out there, um, you know, and and this goes to everybody that that's out there. If you ever want to reach out to me, if you ever want to have a conversation, uh, whether it's about, uh, you know, me and my wife, we run a um, faith based recovery program. that has got four locations here in the United States that. Um, We've started a, a you know a few years ago, and it's been really successful, um, thankfully. And um, you know, if you ever have any problems with people that are struggling with alcohol or addiction, reach out to me. Uh, if you if you want to know about emergency management and education, you need um, you want to just want to talk, or if you just want to talk, you know, just reach out to me. You know, give me a call uh, or shoot me an email or or find me on LinkedIn and make me your friend um, or Facebook or whatever. Um, you know, I'm a pretty open guy. Uh, and I'm always here to help and be of service in any way that I can. That's awesome. What I'm going to do, everybody that's watching the recording of this and for our students and other people in the, particularly on LinkedIn with our um, groups that we have in emergency management and disaster response, I'm going to ask Jake to give me specific links. I've already got with this video in the description on Facebook, LinkedIn and YouTube, uh, Jake's LinkedIn profile link. So you can connect with them there. But I will ask Jake to give me some other links as well so that you can reach out directly 
to him for the issues or um, areas that he's mentioned just then. Jake, thanks so much for being with us. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Greg. And for everybody else watching this, Jake mentioned a really good point that a lot of emergency managers, you are highly trained, you're always updating your learning, you've got a big binder full of certificates of training that you've done, um, but that pathway to academics is maybe not so clear. If you're from the military, you might have your joint services transcript and maybe there's not a clear pathway or recognition for your training, your experience and your service. And that's what we established our programs to do. So if you're interested in a bachelor's degree, or a master's degree, reach out to us through uard.ac.nz or uard.org and we'd love to help you reach your career goals or your academic goals. So we look forward to seeing you, Jake. When I um, roll the credits, please don't go anywhere. We'd love to have a quick chat with you afterwards and everybody else, we look forward to speaking with you again soon. Mm -hmm.